today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God's work, all for God's glory. I know, again, that might just sound so typical, right? God's will, God's work, God's glory. But it equips us. Prayer is so powerful that it provides us with everything we need, all the equipment, if you will, to do God's will and God's work for God's glory. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. As we walk through this book today, Pastor J.D. is going to emphasize the importance of our prayer life. The truth is that prayer is one of the most powerful and important tools we have as Christians. It equips us with everything we need to do God's will and God's work all for God's glory. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. This power in the blood brings peace with God and subsequently the peace of God. See, the blood of Christ, see, we're, we're at enmity with God. And then Jesus, who shed His blood in our stead, Instead of being at enmity with God, now we have peace with God. Then when you have peace with God, what always ensues is the peace of God. That's how powerful it is. I think perhaps the best example is in Philippians chapter 4. You know it well. The Apostle Paul basically says, I'll just sum it up paraphrase it. You want to worry about no thing? Thank God for anything, and pray about everything, and the peace of God from the God of peace. That's not a play on words. The peace of God from the God of peace will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He will give you that peace that surpasses, bypasses, transcends human understanding. Here's what that looks like. Everything in your world, everything in your life is just falling apart all around you, and it's getting worse. And then you pray, and it gets even worse. You think to yourself, I'll stop praying. Maybe I won't keep getting worse. It doesn't work like that. But everything's going so bad. Everything's falling apart. Everything's crashing in around you, and yet you have peace. And people are looking at you a little bit funny. What's the matter with you? Look at what's happening in your life. Aren't you like freaking out? No. I have the peace of God from the God of peace. I'd like to know a little bit about that. Well, you see, it has to do with the power of the blood of Jesus that first reconciled me to God so I could have peace with God, so I could have the peace 
of God. And Jesus said, the peace that I come to give is not as the world gives. See, the the peace that the world has to offer, it is not a good deal. Because basically, it's this kind of peace. It's, okay, you can be at peace when everything's going well. Everything's fine. You can can be at peace. (laughs) Well, that for me, I'll just speak for myself, that would be like, at best, maybe a minute and a half a day, when things are actually, you know, that, that's the only time I can have peace. That's the peace that the world gives. Jesus said, the peace that I give is not as the world gives. It's the peace that you can have, that is available to you, for the asking, in prayer. And it's the peace that says, hey, Everything around you is in utter turmoil and chaos, but you're on the rock, the solid rock. You know, I shared in the past, and maybe this is appropriate, just very quickly, but many, many, many years ago, <laughs> long time ago in a land far, far away, <laughs> we were on the mainland, we would go to Cannon Beach, Oregon. They had a Christian conference center there. They would have speakers from all over that would come. And we would drive down, we lived in Washington State, we would drive down to Cannon Beach, Oregon, spend a weekend, sometimes longer. Uh, We would stay there on the grounds in the cabins at this conference center, this Christian conference center, and there in Cannon Beach. And right there on the beach was what they refer to affectionately as Haystack Rock. I mean, it's the coolest thing. Not as cool as the Mokes, but cool. (laughs) So here you are, you're on the beach and you're looking at Haystack Rock, and sometimes the waves are such, and the tide is such that the waves are crashing in on this rock. The rock doesn't move. In fact, if you look close enough, what you're going to see on that rock are these birds oblivious to the waves below crashing against the rock. All they're doing is just praising their Creator, singing and praising their Creator, bringing glory to their Creator, which we're going to talk about next. And you can, storm waves, I mean, whatever, I'm on the rock. I am kept at peace on the rock. That rock is Christ. That's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, and it's for the asking. The last one in verse 21. Prayer equips us for God's will. There's actually quite a bit in this verse. I'll try to do my best in the remainder of our time together, but What the writer is saying here is that prayer equips us for God's will, God's work, all for God's glory. I know again, that might just sound so typical, right? God's will, God's work, God's glory. But it equips us. Prayer is so powerful that it provides us with everything we need, all the equipment, if you will, to do God's will and God's work for God's glory. Prayer equips us 
to do His will. And He works in us so as to be pleasing to Him. I don't think there's a one of us that does not want to please God. Could you imagine? Yeah, I wake up in the morning, I figure out how I can live my Christian life in such a way that it brings displeasure to God. No, we, we want to please God. We want to be in the will of God. That's probably the number one thing. I know as a pastor, the number one question I get is, how do I know God's will? Oh, actually, I use a, a four-legged uh, table template, if you prefer. First of all, first and foremost, it has to be compatible with God's Word. You start there. Then from there, it's God's peace. There's just a peace. It's, it's, it's according to God's Word, so it's God's will. But then your spirit will bear witness with His Spirit, and you'll just have this supernatural peace. This is when you know it's not the Lord or wait, because again, sometimes God will answer your prayers with wait, there will be a pause, a check. Something's not quite right yet. I don't quite have that peace yet. That's the Holy Spirit. Don't dismiss it. It's the peace of God, the Word of God, and the providence of God, number three. What do you mean, the providence of God? Well, we like to say, you know, um, you know, God opens up one door and shuts another door, and He directs our steps and orchestrates the circumstances in our lives and choreographs the steps to let us know what His will is. And keep in mind, God wants us in His will more than we ourselves want to be in His will. Never imagine God in heaven trying to play a chess game with us. He would always win, but you know, could you imagine? Oh my goodness, Gabriel, Michael, get down there. JD almost figured out my will. Move the board, do something quick. No, I like to see it and say it like this. He will create an environment in my Christian life that is conducive to me being in His will. Never imagine that He would ever be a party to our disobedience. He can't. That's impossible. So God commands us, or exhorts us, or directs us to do something, or go in a certain direction. He will always package it with the circumstances, and it's always conducive to us being in His will. So the Word of God, the peace of God, the providence of God, and the confirmation of God. Here's what that looks like, number four. It's when, you know how it is that God just has this way, as only He can, of just confirming something? And you know it's Him confirming it. And sometimes you'll even pray for confirmation. Lord, I, this is according to your word. I have your peace. I, it seems like you're providentially arranged the circumstances. I just need confirmation. And then, oh my goodness, <laughs> confirmation comes, and boy does it. And you know it's the Lord. I mean, He does it in such a way that it's unmistakably Him. Why? Because in the end, he gets all the glory. He will always do it in such a way that He alone 
gets all the glory. No flesh will glory in His presence. You know, think about the priests in the Old Testament, when they would serve at the altar in the offerings, they would bring them to the altar. They were to wear, not wool, cotton, all the way covering all of their flesh, so that when they stepped up to the altar, you would not see any flesh at the altar. Because no flesh should be visible, certainly no flesh should glory in His presence. I wanted to save enough time for the takeaway and then a, a verse, a passage in John's Gospel before we close. But I suppose you could sum up the takeaway from this in this way. Prayer equips us for God's will, God's work, and God's glory. John chapter 14. I mean to say that this was a game changer for me, for my prayer life, would be a gross understatement. But these two verses, verses 13 and 14 in John 14, changed everything for me. And I've never looked back. This is Jesus speaking. Listen to what He says. I will do whatever you ask in my name. Really? Whatever I ask? Yeah. So that, oh, here comes the qualifier, the Father may be glorified in the Son. Stay with me. You may ask me for anything, anything, yes, anything in my name, and I will do it. Wait, let me see if I got this straight. Okay, so you're saying that I can ask you for anything? Yeah. And if it brings you glory, and it's in your name, which is your nature, compatible with your nature, your will. So the only two preconditions to me asking you for anything, and you doing anything I ask you for, is that it's your will and for your glory? Yeah. I can ask you anything. Bear with me. I'm kind of reliving this right now. It's like, <laughs> that's how powerful it is. So let me see here. So gonna, let me revisit my prayer list here. Oh, I see. I'm going to change that prayer. Perhaps you've heard it said, prayer changes the prayer. Did you get that? Please tell me you did. <laughs> you know, we, we say prayer changes things. Prayer changes us. So I'm looking at my prayer list and I'm going, wait a minute. Oh, that's not for His glory. That was for my glory. No wonder. And James is going to hit that head on. You ask and you don't receive. You know why? It doesn't bring glory to God. It brings glory to you. <laughs> God's not going to answer that prayer. That's for your glory, for you to spend on your own pleasures. That's not God's will. It's surely not for God's glory. But again, let's flip it around. So this thing we call prayer is so powerful that I can ask, keyword ask, 
anything, keyword anything, <laughs> anything. You know what anything means, right? Look it up in the original. It means anything. <laughs> anything. And I am promised with a certainty that if it's God's will and for God's glory, I got it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You will? Yeah, if it brings me glory and it's according to my will, my name, my nature, I'm going to give it to you. Why, why would I not? Another thing we're going to talk about in James, I'm already teaching James, we're not even there yet. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. There's no variation, no shifting a shadow. He doesn't change his mind. If it's good, it's God. And follow me through on this. Sometimes we pray and God is like, mm -mm, you don't want that. <laughs> no, I want that, God. You know, we pray for this thing. and No, you don't want me to give you that because that would not be good and it surely would not bring me glory. Because if every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, the Father of lights, if it's good and it's God and it glorifies God and it's the will of God, here you go man. Just think of it like us as earthly, fallen, sinful, horrible parents. <laughs> I threw the horrible in, speaking for myself and how we want to give our children good gifts. Jesus, in the context of giving the Holy Spirit to those who ask, says exactly that. You as earthly parents, you know how to give good gifts to your children. I mean, if your child comes to you and asks you for a fish, you're not going to give them a snake. If you do, you, wow, you need to repent for one thing, but I mean, you're going to give them a fish. You're not going to give them a rock. You're going to give them bread if they ask. How much more does your heavenly Father give good gifts, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Here again, just this, this will be the last thing and we'll close. I just, I want to leave us, myself included, perhaps myself especially, with this one final thought. And I'll again speak for myself. Notice I'm not looking at anybody because I don't want anybody to, you know, <laughs> he's talking about me. No, I'm talking about me. I wonder how many things I don't have because I didn't ask. Because there's a lot of things that would fall under the category of anything. Hmm. I wonder had I but asked according to God's will and for God's glory, I wonder. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? Again, not for condemnation. You, you always know it's not the Lord when there's condemnation, because condemnation drives us further from the Lord, whereas conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, draws us nearer to the Lord. Again, James says, if you draw near to the Lord, He'll in turn draw near to you. So again, I don't say it in a condemning way, but rather in a convicting way. Okay, I know I said one final thing, but this is the, <laughs> the final, final thing. Think about this. Do you know who it is that we're praying to? 
This is God who created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. And we have unfettered access to Him to ask Him for anything? You know, if I picked up the phone and tried to call somebody, no guarantees I'm going to get through. In fact, I'll probably get their voicemail. I hate that, by the way. But at any time, for anything, I can talk to God. Man, I just, who's promised me? And by the way, He can do it too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is able. He is God. He can do it. There is no thing that he cannot do. Oh, but pastor, with all due respect, my situation is impossible. Oh, that's better, more better. In fact, not only is God the God of the impossible, there's only one thing that God can't do because it's impossible, and that's when it's still possible for you, because you're still trying to do it. And it's hands off to God because it's still possible for you. And it's only when we come to the end of ourselves, we throw up our hands and we go, God, it's impossible. God's like, oh, 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 oh. I'm the God of the impossible. Can I, can I do it? Perhaps you've heard the three-step program. I mean no disrespect, but it's only three actually. Step one, know that God can. Step two, know that you can't. Step three, let God. That's it. Let God do it. The situation is impossible. That means He's going to get all the glory, because even if you wanted to, there's no way you could take the credit for it. I mean, you could try. It'd be laughable. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you're trying to take the credit for that? No, that was God. That was God. He did it. He gets all the glory. I hope in some way the Holy Spirit can take this from here and <laughs> do the rest. I've done my best. At least I hope so anyway. Prayer is so powerful. So powerful. Father in heaven, I... I thank you so much. I thank you for prayer, this thing we call prayer, that gives us access to you to ask you for anything, and the promise from you that if we ask you for anything, that prayer is so powerful that if it's according to your will and for your glory, you're going to do it. Lord, I pray for anyone here today or watching online. They've got obstacles that can only be removed by the power of prayer. Relationships restored only by the power of prayer. That impossible situation only by the power of prayer. That supernatural peace only by the power of prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for the power of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout much of this book, Jesus is mentioned as the great high priest. Aren't you glad that you can go directly to him with your troubles? There's no need for an intermediary person to bridge the gap. Jesus became that bridge when he died on the cross. If you'd like to know or understand more about this concept, we encourage you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com and look for the resources tab. Under that, there's a link to the ABCs of salvation. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and saves you from a life and eternity without him. Hebrews simply touches on the fact that Jesus fulfilled all the things that were promised in the Old Testament. It's like when you're reading a spy novel and you're given clues earlier on, but then it all makes sense in the end. Would you like to connect with others in their faith walk? If you're not currently part of a church, join us at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30, 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you might be interested in some additional teachings by Pastor J.D., including his Mideast Prophecy Updates. This is an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this current time in the world's history. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition as we learn more valuable things from the book of Hebrews right here on In Spirit and Truth. To 